Oh, oh my God. Nate, what are you doing? Riley's on his way here right now. What? Wait, boss Riley? Yeah. And you didn't tell me this before. I totally forgot. Okay, well, uh, I'll be uh, up there in a minute. Just got to clean up some stuff. Um, I mean, everything is a mess. What Can we do something like holograms or um, Ugnaughts or something? I, just, I don't know. I don't, I, but, but I'll get it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just wait a second. Where are my pants? Ew. Enjoy your stay at Cloud City Casino. Hello, what have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking Cloud. Don't get excited! Welcome, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming. And I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast here in the clouds. I am the administrator of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. And, of course, with me is Nathan P. Butler. What's going on, buddy? Hey, I am here. Wait, is it bad that it took me until this week to realize that when you're saying that opening, you're not saying Star Wars and gaming, you're saying Star Wars in gaming, and I had to find it out by looking at our cover photo on Facebook? I don't even, yeah. My bad. My bad. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the gaming Star Wars or the game. I guess it'd be the gaming in Star Wars because that would just be like the one scene. Instead, it's Star Wars in gaming because it's Star Wars within the whole. Th- See, that makes sense. I just for some reason thought it was Star Wars and gaming, and I was like, "See, that gives us an excuse to uh, talk about other Star Wars stuff sometimes." But no, yeah. no, it really is off topic. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we do best. Um, but I mean, if we're going to do it, let's, uh, let's get an expert in here to help us out. I thought we were the experts. That's, that's why the bar is so high. Well, okay. I mean, you've been doing it longer, but, uh, I I figured we'd get somebody in here who's been doing it much longer than me at least. So, uh, you know, we went all the way up the, the chain of command straight to the boss himself. And, uh, we got Riley Blanton. Don't sound too enthused. (laughs) so nathan uh recently you and uh riley blanton actually ended your what like seven year stretch of of not uh ever seeing each other yeah something like that i think the realization hit riley uh, the way he phrased it That basically, the first time we meet should not be at Celebration all the way in Orlando when we live like half an hour away from each other. So, (laughs) yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, I I had him down, and uh, ostensibly it was with the the bait of, uh, hey... Have you tried that Battlefront VR mission yet? Huh? And <laughs> and there we go. We were actually were trying at one point to get uh, him and Bethany both down at the same time, but it didn't really work for her schedule. So I've met one of the dynamic Blanton duo, but not both yet. Okay. Well, yes. I'm not sure that Bethany exists anymore. I never <laughs> I, I never see her, and uh, I only talk to her on the phone. So I think she's replaced herself with the Android version. And uh, has already uh, become one with the singularity. Michael, I'm pretty sure that's not the first thing that you're expected to hear from Riley on this week's <laughs> <Tom City> Casino. <laughs> it's uh, 
It's a little unconventional, but that's okay. We we always change things up here. So uh, everybody, Riley Blanton is on the show today. Hey, I promise you I'm not an android. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, buddy, but uh, how did you enjoy that VR? Uh, it's pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. I, you know, it's because the, my, the I was telling Nathan when I arrived, my, my experience ha- is that little, little Google cardboard uh, uh-huh. thing that you just dump your smartphone in and use some funky app. Uh, and it kind of works, but man, it's right. not the same as PlayStation VR where you're like, suddenly you're freaking Batman. Yeah, yeah we did. We brought him in the same way, Michael, as uh, we brought, or as I brought you in, which is we started out with the Batman Arkham VR, so we could just sort of stand in place, use the Move controllers, get a feel for being in that 360 degree 3D environment, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but then he jumped straight from there into Battlefront, so not really any type of of transition period in between. So we went from, I'm not controlling my movement at all, except walking around. This is easy, to I'm controlling my own music, or my own music, my own uh, movement, I think I'm going to vomit type of (laughs) mode. So we got to go and we got to discuss the uh, simulation sickness concept uh, in a little bit of detail and whatnot. Nathan, I was a little too cocky. I was like, you know, uh, I've been in real flight simulators. Okay, it's gonna be fine. I've been in helicopter simulators. Like I've had real military training with these things. AKA, like I've spent like an hour in one once. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's like no way. It's gonna be as fancy schmancy as some multi, you know, hundreds of thousand dollar Department of Defense version freaking weird thing. And I mean, it's a lot better actually. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, well, which probably which says a lot about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, so so two things on that. Uh, at least you had a leg up on me. You know, you said that your previous experience was the Google Cardboard. Mine was the Virtual Boy, which I don't know if you were <laughs> uh, old enough to remember that or, or even know what that no is. No clue. Okay, so imagine like your old... Uh, like Super Nintendo, probably even closer to Nintendo. I can't remember exactly the graphic uh, level of it, but that style graphics. But instead of being in black and white, it's in red and black, and you play the game while looking through these like this really heavy set of goggles. Wow! And that was just a 3D effect, wasn't it? Because it wasn't like it wasn't like gyroscopes and such where you could turn your head around and such. It was all controller based. And what you saw was just whatever you know what, was though? being presented on the headset, right? Still sounds less clunky than the Nintendo 3DS. Hey, 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 whatever that hey, thing was. hey, easy now. I can't have both of you <laughs> on here going against me on it. That's not fair. Yeah, the the Wait, 3DS the- was fine. It's the Virtual Boy that's... That, that, Virtual Boy was so bad, it's the only Nintendo console, aside from now the Switch, um, that I have never actually owned. Because I looked at it and went, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm see. I'm I'm getting. I'm getting. All right, separate conversation. But suffice to say, I am getting. I'm getting kind of sucked into the switch hype. It's. I want one I don't so know why. bad. Well, because it's it's honestly what's so great about it is the idea, and this is why I've been playing my 3ds a lot more lately. Because I love the idea that I can be in the living room playing the game while Christy watches uh, TV or whatever. And then if I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little uncomfortable, I'm going to head back into the, the bedroom and just kind of lay back and play. I can just continue playing my game. I love the idea that I don't have to be glued to like a stationary position to play something. 
Mm-hmm. Until that battery life gets you, in which case you got to hey, plug it hush, in and be within hush, a few feet of the wall. Hush, but that's, hush, and that's not entirely a new thing. I mean, you can. The big thing with the switch is you can actually take it wherever you want to go. Whereas, um, as long as you had a decent signal strength, in theory, you could do a lot of the moving around within a certain amount from the base for the Wii U with the gamepad. That was actually the the drawing factor for me to uh, to even do anything with the Wii U beyond Zombie U in that. I could actually just play on the second screen, but that—that that is completely getting away from uh, from the original uh, topic. So he, uh, I will say, for what it's worth, we actually recorded video of both of his experiences. I haven't put it up anywhere because I don't know where he wants me to put it up yet. But we recorded both of his Probably experiences. Basically, you can see him from behind and kind of off to the side and see what he's doing as he plays, and still see the screen and hear what's going on. Um, he didn't try to break everything the way that you did, Michael. So I think he actually got through the mission a little faster. I can't help it; it's in my nature. <laughs> but uh, but I'm curious, um, Riley. So you you've played Battlefront previously, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that you played at least some of Fighter Squadron, not necessarily a ton of it. I'm curious how you felt that the experience compared to regular Fighter Squadron, and what did you think about? the story, what there was of it, given the fact that this is the only story content that has been released for Battlefront. Yeah, I, so, I'm, when, when it comes to video games in general, you have to know this about me before I tell you any of, uh, answer any of your questions, and that is, uh, I like my video games cheap and easy. I'm, I'm not much of a gamer, and so, I've never really liked, like, I'm that guy, I will never go first person, even in a first person shooter, I figure out and I turn it to the third person mode, because I just get dizzy and it's too complicated. So, I want to see the dude move around. I want this to be basically Super Mario World, uh, the N64 version. Uh, with guns. With lots it, of guns. With, with lots of guns, yeah, no. Uh, so, I've never really liked fighter combat. Until this, I actually, this experience made it a lot of fun because it felt a whole lot more like being in an actual small aircraft because I have had that experience. I have like, I have one or two hours uh, piloting like a little Cessna. So I have had some limited experience flying small aircraft and it's amazing how much your body reacts in the same way and you kind of have the same kind of tension. Maybe, I don't know if this is just because it's the first time doing it. But it definitely had the same sense, and that really made the effort fun instead of the effort like really frustrating. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you from my experience. I was like, wow, this is just. <clears throat> I, I was surprised at how fluid everything seemed, and and how fun it was. I was just like, why can't this be Battlefront all the time? Ah, oh, yes. Ah. Oh. I can't wait, dude. Like, it just got my brain turning as to, like, just over the next five years, ten years, what a Star Wars experience could be. Like, because I'm not a prolific gamer, but, I, man, if there were some, if they had, like, for instance, at some celebration in the future, they literally wall off an area that's just, like, a blank padded room, and they set up, like, you know, the next generation of VR technology to where you can basically just become a Jedi and fight in the Geonosis arena <laughs> and right. you're in a, and, and dude, I would, that would be amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But then again, uh, even though Nathan has turned his back on it, I still love, uh, the clone or attack of the clones. So I would be all for that. 
I mean, like that would be the perfect VR level, right? It, it's, oh yeah, it's like a nice contained mm-hmm. area. Yeah. yeah, and you've got you have games now that um, again with the PSVR. I mean, you're basically it's tracking your head movements, uh, body position to an extent, and it's tracking if you're using the move controls, it's tracking your hands and rotation and that sort of thing. So. You could do something like that where you're sort of planted in one place, but you also have some games that actually let you uh, – that you have to put the move controllers down, so you couldn't use those as lightsabers, but the ability to use a regular controller to actually move you around. There are some games like uh, – uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Unearthing Mars, I think, is a recent example where you sort of – you use your move control – you're standing in one place doing your stuff, but if you need to move somewhere else – and kind of like Batman, too. You point to certain locations, and you can almost, like, teleport to them so that now you're in that position fighting. So you could, you could theoretically do a Jedi combat type of, of scenario, or you could be in a situation where you've got um, um, some other measure uh, of control, like in a more Starfighter combat. So it seems kind of to me that it's almost like it's shifting the Venn diagram, right? Because on my hand, I'm very much a gamer... But it's causing me to play types of games that I wouldn't necessarily have played before, like little platforming games that are different because it feels like you're in the world and it's almost like the characters are your toys that are all over the place, um, like Mervilles, for instance. Or um, I'm playing a lot of escape room games like uh, Dying Reborn and uh, I Expect You to Die and things like that that necessarily wouldn't be as interesting to me if I weren't in the environment in VR. So it's like it's shifting what games – gamers are typically playing, uh, particularly my type of gamer at least, but it also seems like it's opening up the door to those who, like Riley, aren't quite as much playing the games in general. They're not as big gamers, but because these experiences are so different, it's drawing them in. It's it's sort of opening the door to more casual gamers, which I guess brings up the, the, the issue of the fact that the cost of entry is so high yep. um, to be able to actually get into it, which... Makes me wonder, if you hadn't spent time with the PlayStation VR, then if your experiences with VR were limited to the cell phone experience, for instance, with a set of, uh, of glasses, um, do you think that you would be quite as or at all interested in the idea of where Star Wars gaming goes within the next five to ten years, virtual reality-wise? Or is it so different that that never would have piqued your interest before? Yeah, it's... It, that's a tough one. It's it's definitely piqued my interest, but the cost of entry is like not, I'm not about to just go buy the full set of gear. Um, you know what I really think when there's when the platform has matured and has become affordable enough to where like all of my Star Wars friend, you know, it's going to be sort of like the Battlefront thing. I didn't buy a PS4 until uh, well, I got one right before Battlefront came out because. All of my Star Wars friends were buying Battlefront and we're all going to be playing and said, hey, do you want to play with us? Right. So for me, it was a social thing. I was like, oh, I can, you know, you know, queue up Battlefront and go kill some rebels with Mark Perlman. So I, all right, here we go. And that's when I got the, the PS4 and Battlefront. And that was when it was worth it for me. So I think that it's going to be a very similar thing that once the cost of entry is low enough and it's just an automatic of like we can play a VR game socially to where it's basically like we could do fighter combat or to your point michael i think much more exciting first person combat in vr where it's easy to construct in your living room kind of like the ps vr system is uh when i can be like duking it out in person with you know quote unquote in person with michael then that's when i would be all about this 
And they are pushing some social experiences right now. Most of the games tend to be first just just, just a one-player game experience, or there's an online multiplayer component like Eve Valkyrie, which is a lot like the Battlefront scenario, or uh, Riggs Mechanized uh, Combat League, which is sort of a, an eSports in mechs kind of thing. But you don't see a lot of cooperative multiplayer games, with the exception of uh, and one of the big ones that's coming uh, in the next few months, which is Star Trek Bridge Crew. Which is basically if you've got buddies who all have PSVR headsets or whatever other platform you're on, um, you could do a bridge crew thing and you could all have your different stations on the bridge except okay. who's going to have that many friends who all have PSVR. It's perhaps a little bit ahead of its time. You know, actually, Nathan, you're making me think of it. Uh, can you imagine, granted, it's going to be great when Disney does this. But imagine if instead of having to pay to fly the whole family out to Disney World to go to Star Wars Land, if it, if the barrier to entry was lower and you could just grab a PSVR set and go on board and explore the Millennium Falcon and then pilot it in VR, dude, I'd be all about that. Even if even if you could just oh, see, I'm just now I'm just spitballing, Michael. Okay. But what if what if you could like. If Lucasfilm reconstructed the Star Wars films, uh-huh. where they made them sort of an open-world, real-time experience, where you could walk around the homestead as it burns. I don't know why that was the first thing <laughs> That's I thought a of. little morbid, uh, but I, I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> or, but like, you could jump into the arena and watch the battle happen right. as it happens. Just, like, have re- literally reconstruct the films digitally mm-hmm. so that you could experience them in person. So I feel like that'd be really cool. So you're 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 getting almost there in a in a roundabout way of where I thought you would go straight when he was talking about being on the bridge uh, for Star Trek, which is I figured you would just want to be like on the bridge uh, with Admiral Raddus. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you could. Uh, Made harsh me with you, You could just be like a Mon Cal on, on there. Uh, I have like dude, a full bridge crew. I don't know if if the fine folks listening to this incredible program are familiar with Riley's. I mean, infatuation is a light way of putting it. <laughs> I am me and old uh, Admiral Radis go. We go back. It's uh, that that first experience together, man. You never forget your first one, Michael. It's just like there's a there's a certain power presence that Admiral Raddus has. No, and by the way, I was so glad uh-huh. that since uh, Stephen Stanton is already a friend of the Star Wars Report and has been on the show many times, and I was so glad that he voiced the character that was just like the breakout star for me of Rogue One. Oh yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I'm just actually frustrated at this point. I'm like, why is there not a figure? Like, You think back to The Force Awakens and all the stupid little side characters that came out, and you'd think <laughs> by this point that we would have you know, it's a been, It's been my primary frustration this entire past few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know this about me, Michael. I'm I'm all about that. Uh, I'm about that life. So, <laughs> that, the, I am. You know, in fact, I I own the URL where's Admiral Radis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And and like I said, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know you're not not much of a collector, but for me, like I think it would be awesome. Well, wait, to have... sir, <laughs> do not cast aspersions. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I don't I don't know where I gathered that. I have no idea where uh, I I got that sort of idea that you. Uh, that you weren't a collector. My my bad, my bad. But uh, for myself, you know, like, I think it would be great with Celebration coming up. Like, oh, hey, we've got this Admiral Radis figure. I'll take that and have him sign it. But. Uh, yeah, well, well, it, maybe maybe they'll do a Funko exclusive. <laughs> I, bet uh, it'll, I bet it'll come out first. Yeah, like, people, I feel like I don't want to leave it out. If you don't, if you don't listen to Sarge Report, uh, all you need to know about Riley's philosophy of collecting was the title of last week's episode, which was "Who Gives a Funko." Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. I, di- I didn't. I listened to that episode, but I didn't notice that was the title. That's really good. Yeah. No. I was, so yeah, we can be clever sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did Bruce come up with that for you? Uh, I, I actually came all by my lonesome, sir. All <laughs> by my teasing. lonesome. I'm just teasing. Uh, you run out of you run out of Star Warsy puns when you when you're like hundreds of episodes in right, right. Like, right how many clever title combinations of the films can i have you kind right. of run short a little bit but um so so back on on the vr stuff though now nate mentioned that you uh started out with the batman game how how was that as far as the actual experience of playing the it batman or? uh you adopted in the dark I was born in it. Oh, sorry, I have to. Um, that was actually I actually liked that more in terms of gameplay. Mm-hmm. It was just it was more of a natural experience, right? Uh, and I and I just like I like the foot on the you know boots on the ground first person you're a person and the environment you you're in is viewed as you would just walking around. Uh, I don't know that we. I only went through like the very first introductory level. So I finally got the answer to that long, um, that long unanswered question. That I don't know why DC doesn't ever tell us about how uh, the genesis of Batman happened. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been wondering what happened to his parents. Yeah, and I was so glad that they cleared that up. It, it's been a giant mystery. Um, I know. <laughs> ne- never put it uh, in any of the movies or anything. So uh, many questions, right? Yeah. Like. What it? What happened in Gotham City? Right, right. How was he orphaned? <laughs> what is? <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's one of the uh, the millions of times that you get to see. I, I think maybe there's just something about like the Waynes that DC just hates them so much that they just really like watching <laughs> them get shot down. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed it as well, uh, just especially because in in which like Nate was saying that I, I try to break everything. It's not that I try to break everything. I just like to see what all I can and can't do, and if things break yeah. in the process, well, that's not my fault. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I like the whole things of like, oh, can I pick this up? You know, what if I stick this here? What if, uh, you know, let me stick this disc in in the computer. What what'll happen? You know, let me hit take the little uh, uh, the needle and stick myself with it. Oh, it actually takes my blood. Like those types of things, I find interesting. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I enjoyed it. I think um, here's a good question. Uh, not to, not to turn around the. Who's hosting the show? But I'm curious because after experiencing the Batman thing, 
and uh, and the piloting for Battlefront. What uh, I'm going through the backlog of as my Star Wars fandom is very is first and foremost the films, and then I would put. Uh, I would put games at number two, even though I'm not the biggest gamer. A lot of my early fandom of Star Wars just being from, oh, these are cool movies, to like, no, this is like, this is, this is my life. Right. I will start a podcast about this and do it for <laughs> seven years. Um, that phase began around the time that I was discovering some of the games, like, that's the Old Republic, Republic Commando, um, even Empire at War. I, I logged a ton of hours back in the day. On, on some of those games. So they're a big part of my early fandom. And I was thinking back, like, which of those games would I want to go back and experience in VR? But while I give myself time, do you, any jump to mind for you? Um, so the thing with, with um, those games is that, and, and, you know, just say that, like, that makes a lot of sense because that period was sort of the, uh, the golden years of Star Wars gaming, I feel. Um, yeah, but the the main thing about it is that none of those games, with one exception, were original. Really, they were really just clones of other popular games that were cloned really well. And and th that's the important thing is, you know, it doesn't matter that they didn't have a, a brand new original concept. What matters was like, oh yeah, we're we're doing this thing that this other person's doing. Uh, for example, okay, yeah, God of War, uh, may you know they put out that game. And we're going to put out Force Unleashed, but we didn't just crank out, you know, a, a crummy version of it. We cranked out a, a really good I, version. I love the Force Unleashed so much. It's a really good game. Uh, and, and and like I said, they they put their own Star Wars spin on it and, and gave it a fun story that people love. And I mean, even today, people are like, where's the third one? We need the third one. You know, and I, yep. it, it killed me. I was listening to one of uh, Sam Witwer's like live streams he'll do from time to time. Uh -huh. And he just like, I think it was with David Collins and they just kind of casually mentioned, yeah, there's a whole story written up for the third one. And uh, like, Oh, what was it? What right. was it? Right. Like, um, why would he not, why would he not at least say some of the things uh, as to like kind of ideas that they had or whatever, you know? Like, and evidently it was Hayden Blackman who, who had, who wrote it. Uh -huh. And sadly he's no longer on, you know, he's no longer he was he was part of the great death of LucasArts. What, right. Well, I guess what 2012, mm -hmm. 2013. That was a that man. That was a time. I remember because again, I wasn't even in in the gaming side of things. I was aware of it because I've been podcasting for a couple of years at that point. Right. And even just as limited as aware I was, I kept, I just heard like horror story after horror story of just death and destruction within the company of like all the, and now we know of course all these creative projects they were working on that just got axed. Right. Uh, I'm still sad about it. As much as I love having Rogue One and the Han Solo movie, I still, part of me is going to wonder what that Darth Maul game was all about and how cool 1313 would have been. Well, we've actually done episodes on that, that, uh, you and everyone else can kind of go back and listen. We, we actually, uh, dug into that and, and the entire, like from concept all the way through the the problem with the thirteen thirteen game was that it was constantly changing. Uh, it, yeah, because it initially was supposed to be Star Wars Underworld, and it was supposed to coincide with the TV show. And then George, yeah. Lee, you know, he comes in and goes, "Ah, we're not we're not doing the we're not doing that show anymore." Uh, <laughs> By the way, let's make it about Boba Fett. The TV show that uh, Rick, what's his face? Why did I just blank on his name? Uh, 
the producer of the prequels, Rick uh, McCallum. Thank you. <laughs> nice timing there, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, Rick McCallum. He was like he could not he could not yak enough about that TV show. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's coming out. We're doing this. That's the working title. We're working on this. Like, hey, thank you, Rick. I wish we had a Rick McCallum to just like spill all the details on future projects these days. Well, that, that was one thing he was very, very good at. Telling Lucas no and being the brakes as the car was heading for the wall, not as much. But certainly <laughs> oh. on uh, the enthusiasm and and talking things up. Probably too much. They're probably sitting back going, don't Rick. We don't know if it's for sure yet. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but, um, so- he, he was to Lucasfilm what Trump tweeting is to <laughs> politics now. Just kind of a it's – un- it's in my mind – it's out there, and then everybody behind is like, okay, how do we spin this one? <laughs> right. So so I know I, I really went off on a tangent there, but I would have to say, even though I, I don't know how it would work uh, completely in VR, I think that the best game, and the one that was original for its time and has actually had other games clone it, is the original Knights of the Old Republic. It would be great to Thank see you. a continuation of that, uh, not... Old Republic, uh, but Knights of the Old Republic, and if they could do that in VR, that could be a lot of fun. Dude, that was going I to think... be my exact pick. <laughs> well, there you go. I... <laughs> I think what you run into with that is you run into like the Resident Evil Seven thing, which is the, uh, the the development of the game needing to be in such a way that you could play it completely in VR or completely not, because the VR audience at this point isn't. It's not big enough. There's not a mu- enough market penetration yet. True. Um, and it's not something that would be able to be multi-platform outside of PC and PlayStation at this point because Xbox and Switch <laughs> Switch um, don't have any equivalent to a VR headset kind of thing that they could use. So it would basically yeah. be either a PlayStation VR exclusive uh, if they were to do it for consoles, which limits it down to one of the three major gaming companies, or they have to find some way to to make it accessible to all, or make it something where you know maybe would, part of it is VR, part of it is not. But that's been that's been kind of a mess. There are some like with Battlefront, you know, it's there's all of Battlefront, and then this one mission that's VR. So maybe something where there's a segment of a regular game that happens to also have VR content that they could do, that becomes something that they could justify more. I can't imagine them spending the kind of money and resources it takes to make a KOTOR-sized game for something would, VR at this what? point because they just don't have the audience and, and the revenue stream yet. I would... Not not that I should advocate subscription models even more because Lord knows uh, we're all sick of that anyway. But I would actually... And the reason I, and Nathan, I know you and I talked about this briefly at, at your place. I like, I think this format's perfect for like immersive storytelling, which is why, you know, the greatest strength of the original Knights of the Old Republic was just an incredible story, like really well done. Um, that was it just engaging and sucked you in. Uh, I actually, Michael, I bet you're, you're, you're a nerd about these things. Who wrote, who was, who's uh, on that original writing team for the Knights of the Old Republic? Wasn't it, uh, Drew Carpitian, was he on that original team? I, I believe he was. was yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah, it was Bioware. I think it was Carpitian who was on that one. So good. So good. Uh, and so, like, that's where I think the uh, a great story, I would pay a premium. I would actually, so if you, if, if you had even episodic content and original storytelling in the style of Knights of the Old Republic, I would be all about uh, 
uh, paying a monthly subscription or like an ongoing, uh, you know, here's an af- here's a half hour of well-told story in VR format that you can experience in the styles of, a, of an RPG. And I would pay just like I would for watching a t- TV show. I don't know. I'm spitballing here, guys. No, and then Michael would be playing it, and while there's this great dramatic scene, he'd be like, oh, can I pick up this cup and throw it at the character? Will they react? (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's all about full immersion. Well, and let's all be honest. That's just what Michael does anyway. (laughs) If if I point this lightsaber at my face before I turn it on, does it damage my character when it slices through my eye? Can I see it? What does it look like when a lightsaber is pointed directly at your eye? Look, I have to find out how... You know what's it called? How the something's made? What's Sausage. The, yeah, there we go. You know, like like uh, yeah. I'm I'm that guy. You know, like I I I like to take things and and twist them and turn and look and everything. And you know, lots of times in doing that, I, I find the flaws, which I think people will be like, wow. Way to way to kill the fun there. Uh, I think Riley got to find that out a little bit when we saw Rogue One together, and I was just like, I was like, listen, you ru- you ruined, you single handedly ruined the character of Krennic for me. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Deploy the garrison. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, do you not know? Oh, we don't even want to talk about so talk about the strange accented taglines, as you yeah. will learn when we finally put up the video of Riley playing Battle. Front. <laughs> it's it's I got Thank you, sir. That's uh, I'm and, I, and I'm sorry, I was just talking over you while you were recounting it. Sorry about that. No, I actually made a promise on the Star Wars Report podcast. I did a nice radio tease for you guys that I would let everybody know what Riley's battle cry ended up being. And it was definitely a very hearty, happy St. Patrick's Day to every TIE fighter I destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be in like mid-sentence trying to say something and then blow up a TIE fighter and the sentence would stop and he'd be like, happy St. Patrick's Day. And just, just (laughs) it was was an interesting. Uh, Yeah, um, it'd be like, in the year of our Lord, 1806, we set sail. I would just be like quoting old Irish uh, drinking songs (laughs) and just keep going. Uh, yeah, dude, you got to get that video up. Although, I don't know, it might be really embarrassing. I have no idea what I look like sitting in that chair, whipping my head around. On. I mean, it's, it, it, you look like you're in VR, that's all. Far better than me, <laughs> because, Riley, as you know, I've got a lot of cranial hair, and uh, <laughs> setting setting that thing on, I, I start to look sort of like Chewbacca in the face, uh, like wearing some goggles or something. It, uh... It uh, it's it's not super appealing. So you so you looked like uh like Chewie's dad in the holiday special watching the uh the virtual porn, uh, the virtual software porn that he watches in it. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of oh, game ties, though, to, to bring it back, bring um, back bad memories. Uh, speaking of game ties, there is a, a talking about immersion. There is another thing that's coming soon. This is hitting. I want to say it's May. Um, we have the game Farpoint that's coming, and Farpoint is basically. Um, it's a first-person shooter sci-fi thing, and it comes with whatever that is. Um, it comes with a uh, what's called an aim controller, and it's basically this piece of plastic that's kind of weird-looking and triangular, but it's kind of like the old sharpshooter you could do for the PlayStation Move, and the, but the, this has all the pieces built into it, and essentially it tracks the position and has all the buttons that you need for both hands on this appendage thing that when you're in vr it tracks as your rifle 
So you can literally aim down the sights by bringing it up to your face and aiming down the sights. Um, mm. So it's tracking your head movement and everything with the headset, and it's tracking this weapon with accelerometer and all that kind of stuff, and a move ball on the end of it um, to make for a more immersive first-person experience. And unlike a lot of the games that use move-style controllers, because this is set up with a joystick type thing built into an analog stick built into it, you can actually walk around and control your movement and do all the things you'd expect to do in a first-person shooter. So the idea of doing something like a Battlefront-style game, albeit first-person VR, um, opens up a lot when you start having the option of movement plus that type of controller tracking. Because right now, mostly the shooting games you get on PlayStation VR that are more immersive are ones where you're using two move controls, but that means you have no joystick to move with. So you're basically standing in one place or on a, on rails and shooting like Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, or or Dexed and stuff like that. But there are there, there, there's more vistas opening for types of games that I think will make it more uh, appealing uh, as the technology is developing and as the uh, the market penetration is there or slowly getting cool. there. Cool. We'll make you a gamer yet. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't have anything else on that unless you guys do. I, dude, uh, good times. I, I finally <laughs> saw Nathan. I finally saw Riley and looked up about a foot to see the top of his head. Oh, <laughs> I'm I, not that tall. <laughs> So, I'm just that short, is all. <laughs> so I, I do. Ha I do actually have one last question, um, which is it, it may point. it may just be because I'm so paranoid. But did you feel sort of vulnerable putting the whole set on and everything? Uh, not terribly. Although I, by the end of it, I was definitely, I was definitely whatever non motion sick, reverse motion sickness, whatever you call that when you're simulation not sickness. Yep. Simulation sickness. Uh, I was definitely. More affected than I thought I would be. Okay. Uh, it definitely hit me a, a bit. Michael was expecting somebody to like come up and kick him in the crotch while he was playing <laughs> or something. That kind of vulnerable. Like I can't see you. Let's what are be you honest. Do? You are. Listen, Michael. You are married to Christy, and we all know. That, you know <laughs> That's true. It, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's just. It's, yeah. It, that may say more about me than anyone else. But when when I'm putting on the headset, so I can't see anything, and then I put in the earbud, so I can't hear anything around me, and and you know, essentially, my mind is now in this this virtual world. Then I can't the help, Matrix. Yeah, I can't help but worry about my body back in the real world and, you know, being afraid that Nate's just going to be like, hey, it's going to be funny. I'm going to go up and just punch him right in the mailbox. <laughs> uh, I should have told yeah. you going into it that if you die in VR, you die in real life and just <laughs> ratchet it up the, the fear. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I will yeah. say I'm going to totally uh, hijack your show for a second to say it was great to meet Nathan. Uh, but you know where we're going to see each other all again? In the next uh, life? In the Matrix. No, uh, <laughs> no, in Orlando. <laughs> right, right. At Celebration Orlando. Uh, a bunch of shenanigans going on. But uh, you guys are both at the, at the dinner, right? Yep. Yeah, we'll definitely be at the yep. dinner. Um, Sweet. See, you all said right. Both of us so, are doing uh, collector's I, tracks, right? I'm not. No, no, I, I meant me and Riley. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, doing collector <laughs> panels. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I'm on like at least half the panels there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually, it's exciting. Yeah, 
it's that's it's gonna be great to see you on the on the collecting programming. What's the name of the panel you're doing, uh, Michael? So it, it's the exclusive panel. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's uh, it's something. All the, like... uh, the oh, dude, I can't miss that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I mean, it's it's right in your wheelhouse, right? It's right, dude. There's my wheelhouse, and dude, it's right. Um, yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Over there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, no, but actually, so I, I want to extend the uh, an, an invite to any listeners of of Cloud City Casino who are interested because you guys are going to be there, and I'm doing the same thing because uh, it looks like Aaron's going to be there. Bookworms uh, and uh, uh, you guys can both represent Cloud City Casino. Nathan, you can rep Beyond the Films. But we're going to have a great crew of folks together at the Cafe Tutu Tango Friday evening, five o'clock. And here's all you need to do. We've got like literally 10 seats left in the venue before they shut us out. But they were really nice and we negotiated no food and beverage from them. So we've got a great venue, our own section of the restaurant, and the guys of the Cloud City Casino will be there. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to come hang out and have dinner, uh, we've got some cool stuff that we'll be doing there as well. And guess what? Unlike surrender parties, there's no cover charge. So you literally just show up. We're not charging you anything. Same, come say hi. Just literally email, email me Riley at StarWarsReport.com, R-I-L-E-Y, uh, and join us for dinner. And because I wanna, I wanna reserve all the space that I can for people who listen to and enjoy the shows. Uh, and I've been pleasantly surprised at how quickly it's filling up. So if you're listening to this podcast and want to join us all for dinner, uh, there's my totally unsolicited, unasked for uh, gaudy plug for our event. <laughs> and. Uh... But but in all seriousness, though, ooh, word jumble. Uh-huh. Uh, in all seriousness, though, you are doing a, a collect not a collecting sorry a podcast panel, and you're going to be on the podcast stage. Yes, yes, I will also be doing that. Yeah, there's a how to podcast like a Jedi Master. I believe that's Friday afternoon, and then of course the the main event of the podcast stage. I'm just calling it right. Hey, I'm the only one on our. Uh, fortunately, uh, I'm really la- glad that uh, the show got on. I was worried about it. Lord knows they took long enough to let us know what the time slot was, and now we know. So come see the Star Wars Report, 2 p.m. Sunday. We're doing a big live show with some special guests. And, uh, well, you guys want an exclusive announcement? I can do an exclusive announcement. Just go I for just it. Put the deta- I just put the details together. And you know what? How about two? I've got two exclusive announcements for <laughs> Even just better. for Cloud City Casino listeners. Number one, you either love this or hate this because I get so much feedback both ways. <laughs> our intro theme, hey, High Adventure is going to be there live as our house band for the show, and they're going to be doing a full performance of uh, Farm Boy, uh, the show's intro, as well as, so that's the, number one, so everyone's either yelling at or really happy about that <laughs> announcement. Number two, man, that is, by the way, that is a polarizing song. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, apparently some people like it. I, dude, I'm all about it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, and and they're, the guys are great, and they're gonna. It's gonna be great to have uh, have uh, Glenn Nelson's gonna be there performing, and so really appreciate it. And then number two, the the main event is a special live audience participation game of Rogue Mad Libs. You'll figure it out. It's gonna be crazy. It's they're gonna be some, there. Are some some podcasts, they're great, but it's gonna be just go watching a podcast with us. Uh. Uh-uh. It's going to be full-on uh, late-night TV-style audience participation, rollicking fun. Sunday, 2 p.m., 
on the podcast stage. I wasn't even going to do a plug, and I just turned it into like a 10-minute plug. Hey, but yeah, be there. <laughs> excellent. No, I mean, really what it, what it is is so that I can remember where things are because I'm I'm so bad about that that I can just yeah. be like, oh, let me listen back we have and, a, and hear what Riley we said. We have a Facebook event. If you just go to our Facebook page, you can find it there. You know I don't <laughs> get on Facebook. <laughs> I'm just talking to people listening. I know you won't. <laughs> You'll just text me like five minutes before. Where was it again? Well, yeah. uh, and by the way, we've got it. Uh, not that the two guys on this call know this now, but hey, you guys are involved, just so you know, uh, because you're part of the Star Wars Report Network. And so all the podcasts are going to get involved in the show uh, in one way or another. <laughs> so, so it's cool. actually really important that I know where to be. Yeah, yeah now it is. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, man, I, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving your experiences with it and everything. Uh, and then, of course... You got it. I'm pretty sure everybody knows where to find you since they found us. But uh, if not, if you, if you want to plug anything else... Uh, I, well, I've done enough plugging, uh, follow, <laughs> follow my ongoing shenanigans, uh, like my current road trip to Panama city, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, twitter.com slash the Riley guy. Although I don't know why I didn't just say at the Riley guy. Come on, it's Twitter. Come on, Riley. You know this stuff. Come on. Come on. Be better. Oh, <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, I, I appreciate you joining us. Sure thing. Till next time, gents. All right. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Now, of course, Riley's experience is the focus of this particular episode, but there is some new news out there about some other releases to expect coming, and we, of course, will be detailing a lot about these as we learn more and as we get into our next episode so this one doesn't become so bloated that you've probably stopped listening by now. But what we have is uh, Fantasy Flight Games has been putting up new news bites, of course, to promote the upcoming products. Um, probably the next thing that we are going to see from X-Wing will be uh, the Sea Rock Cruiser expansion pack. We've talked about that a little bit. Uh, that is the one based, of course, on the broken horn that we see in uh, Rebels. And it comes with a, an alternate paint scheme, uh, M3A Interceptor, which, of course, has already been released. But we have this alternate version here, so that'll be kind of cool to see. Uh, we also recently had the announcement of the newest of the just regular waves for X-Wing, although it only has three ships in it. That could be a wave. That could mean there are a couple more still to come. We've seen waves that tend to vary in size in the last year, year and a half. Um, but this includes the Ozituk gunship expansion pack, which is based on the, the Wookiee ship, the Skurg H-6 bomber, which I believe is based on a ship out of uh, Starfighter, a NIM ship. And then we have the TIE Aggressor, yet another different uh, TIE expansion here. <laughs> uh, basically what we've got is, in that order, they are Rebel, Scum and Villainy, and Imperial. So you've got a nice one for each faction there that's coming. We've also seen the announcement of what they're calling Wave 6 of Armada. Again, very small compared to some waves. Whether or not this is released with another wave like the last time, we don't know yet. But what they've announced so far is that we will have an Imperial Light Carrier expansion pack for Armada, which is going to be basically that triangular-shaped ship that we saw the Rebels have to steal away in Rebels, in the TV show Rebels. And then uh, for fans of both KOTOR and fans of Rebels, we have the Hammerhead Corvettes. Yes, the same type of ship that helps bring down the Star Destroyer. Uh, over Scarif back in Rogue One. And that'll be a pack of two ships, whereas the Imperial ship will only have one ship in that one. 
We've also got the announcement, not of a new wave of products for Imperial Assault, but at least of one new villain pack. And that is BT1 and Triple Zero. Some people saying it is zero, 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 but it's triple zero, which are the homicidal crazy droid characters from the Darth Vader comic series. Um, so kind of excited to see how that plays because those characters are pretty awesome. Um, very much insane. They remind me uh, of HK from back in the KOTOR games. KOTOR coming up a lot here this time. Uh, <laughs> right. We also have news on Star Wars Destiny, uh, the Spirit of Rebellion wave uh, is coming here. They've announced it. That'll be the next big wave. But they are also going to be doing a final reprint of the original base set, uh, Awakenings, so that those who didn't get them before can still get them. But this is theoretically going to be the last time that they do that, according to them. They've also talked about how they're trying to get more of the starter sets back on the shelves, the starter decks. And that eventually, by the time they get to their third expansion... Uh, they're going to basically do away with the Ray and Kylo Ren starter sets. There are no starter sets for the second expansion. And then for the third expansion, instead of having starter sets where it's one player per box, they're going to release basically these base sets that has essentially a starter for two players with a couple of uh, booster packs inside it to get you going. Kind of like the old uh, Decipher CCG introductory games, so to speak. Um, so those are coming and, of course, uh, in the RPG realm, which we don't talk about nearly as much just because of just the amount of material to go through and that we're not actively playing it on a regular basis, uh, we have the announcements of Force and Destiny, Disciples of Harmony, which is for Jedi consolers, and then we have Fully Operational, which is an Age of Rebellion source book for engineers. So lots of new announcements. All of a sudden, the pre-order <laughs> numbers are going to go back up again for me. I had pretty much cleared out all the pre-orders. Everything had come in by this point. Um, but we'll be talking about that more as we get into our next episode, as we have more specifics to talk about, especially about, of course, uh, Armada, Rebellion, and Imperial Assault. But yes, we're keeping track of the news. We just don't want to overload you all in one week. And and to make sure now, because um, I, I may have just blanked on it, but you did mention the uh, uh, BT1 and Triple Zero packs. Did you yes, say, you said that it? one? Okay, I, yes. I just want, yeah, because I, uh, I don't know, nothing, ignore me, I'm sorry. You tuned out, he's like, you're like, what? I don't, no, I, don't I was care. listening, and then I, I was kind of going through everything, no. I'm, like, I'm like, wait, did he say yep. that one? Uh, yep. but that's uh, all of them. Okay, yeah, so lots of them that, uh, that we, we've got coming, and yeah, like, like you said, it's just so much that it's like, it don't want to just be like, and this, and this, and this, and it's like, okay, this is two hours, and like, just information overload, uh, especially because, you know, we hear from some people who are like, yeah, I don't really play the games, but I like hearing about it, so it's, you know, nice to try to always remember that people are on different levels, and, and uh, take it that way, instead of just, you know, I mean, I could sit here and go into, you know, some different strategies, and, and ship builds, and stuff like that, and I mean, I would like to do that, but I don't know if I'm losing people, uh, doing, doing that. So, uh, try to ease back a little bit on the throttle there, but, uh, yeah, so this is just sort of a, a special edition episode and, uh, we'll be back next week and, and trying to crank some stuff out before celebration. And then, uh, hopefully have plenty of stuff come celebration. Uh, so there'll probably be a, uh, a huge boost in content around that time. 
Yay! <laughs> Actual episodes in the feed. Yay! Yep. Sorry. That's my bad. Uh, but, uh, you know, until then, of course, you know, you can find us over on uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Google Play Store. Uh, we're on the Star Wars app there. Like I said, I would definitely appreciate it if everyone would go ahead and subscribe and leave a uh, a review, preferably a good one. That that always helps to get us out there. And then, of course, uh, what am I forgetting? The email. Uh, we always read emails out on the show when we get them, like we did for our, our last episode, which is just cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Uh, and then, of course, we have our Twitter and our Facebook page, which is just, you know, Cloud City Casino at uh, those places. And then Nate's at a lot of different places, too. That's right. Uh, all the video content, Fantasy Flight games, reviews, and things like that uh, from the Star Wars Home Video Library, etc., etc., game live streams, PSVR live streams. You can find all those at youtube.com slash chrono radio, uh, chrono like chronology radio, all run together. Uh, of course, you can find my Star Wars Timeline Gold at StarWarsFanWars.com slash Timeline. And I can also be heard also at StarWarsReport.com with Cloud City Casino on Star Wars Beyond the Films with Mark Herleman. Awesome. And then uh, I guess you should probably say where my, my Twitter is, which is just Morris Isley. Um, so that's it. And never forget. Let the Wookiee win. Especially if he has simulation sickness, because he'll probably puke on you. <laughs>